I'm so glad to be here. So glad that you guys are coming together today. You know, it's funny because scriptures, basically, it has an answer for everything. James 4, 8 says, wash your hands. He already knew it. Anyway. Um, again, my name is Elio. I'm from Brazil. You're going to see it coming through my accent. I'm okay with it. And um, I just, I, I, I'm so honored that Pastor Emily invited me to come when she's not here. And I, I really hope to, to bless you today. I, I really hope to, that when you, you leave this place, you leave this place with something new from God, like with, as if you're carrying something as if you like, you know, possessing something, like, yes. And she asked me to come and, and share a little bit about Israel. And I'll have to call her later and apologize, because I think there, there is some, something else that I really need to share. But I'm gonna share really briefly about the ministry that I represent here in Canada, which is called Maos Israel, Maos Canada. Maos means refuge and strength. The Lord is my refuge and strength, ever, uh, ever present help in times of need. And I'm going to share briefly about it, and then I really have something else that I really need to, to impart to you today. And it's my hope that your heart will be so hungry and the soil of your heart will be so good that the seed that will come in will not bear 30-fold, 60-fold, but will bear 100-fold. 100-fold is 10,000%. It's not 100%. It's 10,000%. One-fold, is a, it's 100%. 100-fold is 10,000% increase. That the, the word, my hope is that the word that I'm going to give to you, impart to you, would bear much fruit. And we really bless you for the rest of your life. In the name of Jesus. Can you play that video really quick? Thank you. My name is Ari Sokoram, and this is my wife, Shira Sokoram, and we're the co-founders of Mao's Israel Ministries. And our goal is reaching Israel with the good news and reaching the nations of the world with the truth about Israel. When we came to Israel, we realized that there were hardly any believers in the country, born again Jewish believers. And so our heart has been for evangelism in Israel to reach the lost of Israel with the good news. That involves a lot of things. It involves uh, publishing of books uh, for evangelism. It involves leadership training. It involves new immigrants and evangelizing in the country and raising up cyber believers in the country. So we realize that media is the way to touch people. We have been developing and producing music, uh, helping young Israeli artists do their first albums to give them a springboard to, to go on and, and reach out to the nation. We are now giving scholarships to 30 young kids who are really good in music. We're upping that to 60 this year. 
So we uh, believe we're gonna see a new generation of worship leaders and really fine musicians in Israel. Sharon and I both, we you know, wake up in the morning and in our first prayers, oh God, save Israel, you know, bring salvation. And so what we find ourselves doing, we have to work harder to get books out. We have to work harder for leadership. We have to uh, reach out more to the new immigrants. We have to reach out more to the youth. We have to uh, look to see who's doing what and help them. And so what happens is that we get passionate about what everybody else is doing. And so that passion for Israel to come to salvation gets spread out through all of these ministries that are excellent. And it's all they need is a little help, a little push, a springboard, and they're fruitful. So that's kind of the nutshell the heart of the ministry. Here in Canada, our vision is to empower the church to understand the heart of God for Israel and why Israel matters to us, but why we matter to them. Why we matter to, why does it matter to stand with Israel? But I'm talking not in, emo, not in an emotional way, I'm talking in a biblical perspective. Because scripture says that Israel is the apple of my eyes. The word for apple of my eyes is iris, ishum in Hebrew. And in the context of what is being said in Zechariah is, if you hurt Israel, it's for your own detriment. If you hurt Israel, you're going to hurt your own ability to see me. So you're going to be offended at me when I do something. So you will never be able to understand my heart for you and for the nations. That's the context of that passage that says that Israel is the apple of my eyes. And we're talking about translation and music and all those things. Um, we produced this, we translated this book. It's called, I don't know if you can see from there. It's called You Are Special by Max Lucado for Kids. We used this last, at the end of the year during the high holidays for, not high holidays, but the holidays at the end of the year, Hanukkah season to um, bless kids in the hospitals because they can't leave. So our team went to hospitals, brought music, sang to them, prayed for them, and brought them uh, this book. The, the, beautiful, the beauty of this book is that it talks about how God created us so beautifully for His glory. We are working right now on this Bible. It's called the Action Bible. Just put it on the floor. It's for like older kids and young teenagers. It's a powerful tool. It was uh, basically all, all the drawing and all the art was done by a gentleman from Brazil who worked with DC Comics and Marvel. And this, this book has received like awards for its quality. And we realized that, you know, if we want to see a generation that grows up to understand his ways, they need to understand the scriptures. But for them to understand the scriptures, they need to, to hear his scriptures in a way that they can understand, that they can conceive. So, like, you know, let's, let's work on this translation. We're, we're working on the translation right now. And we're talking about music. We put this album a few months ago, I think it was September or October 2019. It's, 
It's the first album, worship album, all in Arabic in a whole region. I'm not going to dare to say in the world, but in a whole region. And this has been a powerful tool to reach out Arabs, Muslims with the word. We just had a, con a, a concert in Nazareth where those th the three brothers uh, that put the city, this album together, they are from. And around 200 something people came, 90% Arab Muslims. And they didn't leave. Even though they were hearing about Jesus, they were hearing about scriptures, they couldn't leave. They felt drawn to it. And I, it's interesting because sometimes we don't realize that what is happening in Israel is affecting the world. But we're using this album to connect with a huge community here in Edmonton of uh, immigrants. They're coming. I have a, a dear friend of mine who is from Egypt and reaches out to, to Muslims and they, he opens his house with his wife and kids to minister to them, to sit with them, have uh, dinner with them and just ask questions. And he's using this album to bless them. And he's saying, if you have more, just keep giving because they love it. My kids love it. And I'm like, God, you're not only blessing Israel, but you're blessing the nations. Genesis 12 says that I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. The context of that promise to Abraham was, Abraham, my heart is to bless the nations through you. I want to make you a vehicle of, for my blessings to touch all the peoples of the earth. All. If they bless you, they will be blessed. But if they curse you, you are to bless them, not to curse them. I will be the judge. Does that sound like the gospel in so many ways? If your enemy hates you, love those who hate you. Love those who persecute you. Bless them. If your enemy is hungry, give him food. If, if he's thirsty, give him water. So for us believers here in the West, we need to understand the heart of God because he is not like shifting shadows. He doesn't change. He does not change. He's not like us. We change our minds. His promises stand forever. Because the promises of God to Abraham were not based on, on a law. Were his promises to Abraham, the father of faith. They're all predicated on faith. The law came later to teach a nation what righteousness was like. To teach a people, a group of slaves, what it was to be free. To be like a nation. And that law revealed the heart of God for righteousness. But like Romans 7 talks, the law that is good showed me what sin was. And sin saw the open door and produced in me wickedness. 
what a miserable man I am, a wretched man I am. Who can save me from this disgrace? Sorry for the word. Oh, thank you for Christ Jesus. Paul ends Romans 7. So what I want to remind you is that God's heart for Israel has not changed and will not change. And Israel will be saved, but only through faith in Jesus. There's no other way. But we believers, we need to learn to stand with Israel. We need to learn to pray and bless. That they would see Yeshua, Jesus, is Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the king of all, above all, the king of the universe. That they will be able to look and search for themselves and realize that hey, Jesus is Messiah. We don't need to wait for him to come. We don't need to wait for, for Messiah to come. He already came. And God's moving in Israel. I love to tell this to the, to the world. Anybody, anybody I, I, t I come across. God is moving among Jews and Arabs. Jews are coming to faith more than ever. And God is using all those things that's going on around to produce in the heart of man questions that can only be answered in Him. So I just want to encourage you and ask you, please pray for Israel. P please rally around Israel. Teach your kids to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. When you come together, take a minute. God, I bless Israel. I bless Jerusalem. I bless Jews that they would see you. And let God bless you back. So, the world right now is just like completely in a bad moment of like panic. Don't even need to, no, I went to try to buy hand sanitizer because I'm traveling. I always have hand sanitizer with me. Can't find anywhere. Costco, no toilet paper. Like, if the end, world ends, at least, you know, everybody will be clean anyway. Just being, just joking. But panic means something unreasonable. It's an unreasonable fear. But Little do we realize where panic, the word panic, comes from. The word panic comes from the Greek mythology, from the, god, the Greek god called Pan, who was half man, half goat. And he, he would be the one playing that flute, the Pan flute. And when Jesus went to Philippi, uh, Caesarea Philippi with his, his disciples and they're all looking around and he asked them, who do you say, who do the people say I am, but who do you say I am? In Caesarea Philippi, there is a, a um, used to be a temple for the god Pan, which was a hole that they'll throw things in and then it'll be like a huge noise. In the Greek mythology, the what Pan would do, he would wake up in the middle of the afternoon around 3 p.m. and he would scream like we like, <gasps> but he would shriek and scream and everybody would go in fear. That's Greek mythology. It's an unreasonable fear that sets people in a course of self-destruction but also reveals the condition of the heart. 
That's what we are seeing. It's more than just, you know, the, the reality of a virus. That it, it's dangerous, yes. Not going to, into the minutes of that. But it's an unreasonable fear where people becomes almost primitive and forget that the one that needs the most are the one being left behind. How much is that affecting us as the church, right? I just wanted to, to put that as an underlying factor. Psalm 34, verse 4 says, I cried to the Lord. I called out to the Lord. And he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. All my fears. Verse 5. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see. You know the rest that the Lord is good. Hmm. You know, we, we, we live in that place for such a time as this, constantly. Like Esther, for such a time as this. We see the deliverance of God in mysterious ways. But we, the church, are the agents through which, through whom, the multifaceted grace and glory and, and, and mysteries of God are being revealed to the nations. A.W. Tozer said that a scared world needs a fearless church. And that is how we live or we must live every day. That's how we need to live our lives. Remember the story of Esther like Israel just celebrated Purim when Haman, who, who was an Amalekite, remember when God told Saul, King Saul, to destroy all the Amalekites? Don't leave animal, don't leave anybody. Completely annihilate. And then Saul said, you know, I'm just keeping the animals to offer to God and blah, blah, blah. Haman was an Amalekite. David had to deal with the Amalekites for many battles. Remember when Israel was in the desert and they had a battle that Moses had to raise his hands and when he was with his hands up, Israel would prevail. Remember the story? They were fighting the Amalekites. And then all of a sudden, Esther comes into the play. Mordecai. But I'll be honest, if you read the book of, of Esther as it is, there is nothing beautiful about it, okay? It's not a beauty context or, contest or anything like that. It's much deeper than that. But throughout the whole thing, you see Haman and Amalekite and then Esther. And Mordecai, descendants of King Saul. We need to pay the attention to the details in the scriptures. 
and the gallows that Haman created, built to kill Jews and actually to hang Mordecai were the gallows used to kill his own ten sons, his whole family. Because God came in intervention for such a time as this. But that intervention happened in so many different ways, mysterious ways, godly ways, that it's hard to just go through scriptures running like we need to finish out three chapters a day or five chapters a weekend. We need to deep dive and encounter him in those passages. And you see that Esther understands the call because God positioned her in a place of influence. But she didn't just go before the king. She called all her servants to fast for two, three days. And then she positioned herself before the king across the palace when the king was sitting on the throne and she could not approach unless the king would stand the, the scepter of his, of his kingdom. She came and, what, and the king tells Esther, what do you want? Even half of my kingdom. She said, I don't want anything. I don't want half of your kingdom. That's me paraphrasing. I just want you to come and have dinner with me. She created a whole situation to reveal the plot to the king for such a time as this. She understood why she was called to bring justice. Up to this day, in, in Iran, they still have the tomb of Esther and Mordecai because they, they were people of much value, much valor for the kingdom, but also for the kingdom. Let's go back to Psalm 34. That's just my introduction for you to have perspective. Psalm 34 says that those who look to him are radiant. The word radiant is a word from, from um, Hebrew that is called Naha. The word in Hebrew is Naha. Naha means to radiate, to shine, to beam, to burn. But also it means to flow like a stream. It's like from the sheen of a running stream. And not only flow, but flow together. It's only used in a conflict of people when people are together, moving together, like waters, but running together with one mind, one accord, one heart. Because those who look to Him are radiant. Now, put your running shoes, your tracking shoes, because this thing's going to get a little bit. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians says in no, chapter 3, verse 18, that we all, we all who with unveiled faces look to Him are being transformed into the likeness of His glory. Psalm 34, those who look to Him are 
radiant. Ephesians 2, 6 says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, above every principality and power. We're seated with Christ. And Jesus says, if I, you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will know the truth and truth will set you free. Then, only then, we keep on saying, you know the truth, truth will set you free. You know the truth and truth, but that's not what Jesus said. What Jesus said, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you know truth because I am the way and the life. Which, by the way, is up to this day what they call the Torah, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus was saying, I am the incarnated. I am the, the word made flesh. I am the, tr the way, the truth, and the life. I am the precepts of God in a man form. You want to know God? Look at me. You want to understand theology? Look at me. I am perfect theology. That's why he's saying. But we read so fast, we, we miss those things. And most of us, we don't understand those things. Because we've been robbed from the, the, the roots of our faith. The Jewishness of our faith. Everything that Jesus said is in the Jewish context. Everything that the apostles said, wrote, that it's all in the Jewish mind. It's so much deeper than just our Greek thinking. It's time, in Greek is a linear thing. Time in, in, in the Hebrew mind is full circle, always going up, you know, higher measure. That's why we go from glory to glory. It's not we're just advancing. We are going into a deeper place in a reality of who He is. We're called to be the people who are looking at Him to be and being radiant in times when the world is shaking and quaking. We become radiant because we are flowing in the same stream with Him. We're walking with Him. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are abiding in Him. So what He does, so we do. What He says is what we say. We're looking at His face. And the glory and the radiance of His magnitude, His holiness is shining, radiating upon us. And it's shining through us. The church, the people of God, the called out ones, called into. So that the multifaceted, many layered of many colors, the glory of God will be revealed as gifts to the nations. In times as this, we need, we need to know our God. Remember the passage in, in, in um, Daniel that says that those who know their God will do great exploits. It's in the context of persecution. It's in the context of kingdoms of this world pressuring. However, they will not give in to the flattery of the world. But those who know their God will do great exploits. 
And that's us. So again, in the face of the temple of Pan, in the face of the reality of panic taking over the world, Jesus is saying, who do you say I am? Are you tracking with me? Who do you say I am? The reality of the kingdom of God is the reality of abiding in Him. Because all things are God's and all things, and He gave all things to Christ, and Christ gives everything to us. Look at the context of what Scripture is saying. He's calling us into the riches of God, into the riches of His glory, into the riches of His magnificence. And that's where we live. And there's no age group. Because he said in the last day, he, he would pour out his spirit of all flesh. Older, younger, free, slave, man, woman. It's a level playing ground. He's calling us all into a place of destiny to walk with him, to flow in the same stream with him, to be radiant because we are walking, abiding in who he is. The world is shaking, you're walking in joy. The world is hoarding toilet paper, you're blessing your neighbors. The world is afraid, you're walking in so much freedom. Because we are seated with Christ in heavenly places above all principalities. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It's not just an affirmation. It's a reality we live from. Our faith is not something that's added in our lives, some, uh, uh, some sort of an add-on. It's the reality from which we live. We are flowing from the reality of faith, of abiding in Him. So everything we do, whether we say or we do, is for His glory. Because those who look to Him are radiant. Radiant, beaming, burning shining arise and shine your light has come for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you scriptures are not just a, this is not just a book this is the heart of God beating inviting us come and know me come and drink are you hungry come and, and eat come and, are you thirsty come and drink Come, come and seek. Because if you seek me, you'll find me. So surrender all your anxiety and know that I am God. Surrender all your panic. Surrender all the fear and know I am God. Look to me and be radiant. Look to me and I'll give you the blueprints that you need. Look to me, seek me first, and I will teach you. Be diligent in the ways of man, but be diligent looking in my face. 
It's the only thing we have. If we realize it's the only thing we have in life. This past few days I was sitting at home and I was just thinking, God, I'm 33. Whoa, I can't wait for the next 60, 70 years. I can't wait for the, the glory that's ever increasing to continue increasing. I can't wait to feed the poor, to clothe to clothe the, the naked. I can't wait to go into impoverished places and thirsty places and open wells and build schools. I can't wait to encounter people, pray for them and they be healed. I can't wait to go to places where everybody's quaking and just walk in the, in the preparation of the gospel of peace and atmosphere change, shift because we're walking in Christ. We're walking in, in, in superstore. Everybody's, don't look at me. All the bananas are gone. All the toilet paper is gone. Like the bananas are perishable, you know. I don't know if people realize that. Everybody's freaking out and then you're just walking in peace. <laughs> Singing songs of praise. And people look at you and say, aren't you afraid? It's like, why would I be afraid? All my days are in his hands. Not that I'm going to walk foolishly. The scriptures talk to us about being fool. The fool sees danger down the road and goes. The wise turns around. I'm not calling us into being, you know. I'm calling us into abiding in Him. You're young, you're a kid. I came to faith, I was 10 years old. And what I loved to do was to go pray prayer meetings. I was the only kid, all the adults, and I'm there. 13 years old, my, my dream was to go to the mission field and give my life. I would read about David Brainerd, one of my heroes, who died at age 29 serving the, the I don't know how you call it here, the in Indians in America. I know that's, you know, anyway. And like, God, if he did all of that with only 29 years, oh my gosh, I want to do something. Can I give my life to you as well? We need to teach our kids the truth of the gospel again. We need to disciple our kids. We need to disciple one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to praise God in our homes, to fill our houses with worship. We need, because in times like these, the whole world is quaking. We are not at all. We're walking in shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Completeness, fullness, divine health, divine prosperity. That's just some of the, the, the translations of the word shalom. The picture of shalom is the victory of peace with, a, with his foot. On a neck of chaos and peace ruling again. And Jesus says, my peace, my shalom, I give to you, not as the world gives. So I want to encourage you today. 
Do not fear. Do not give into panic. Do not give into the spirit of this hour of putting everybody in panic. Give into his words. Look to him. Be the most generous. And let the radiance of God radiate through you because you are flowing with him in the same stream. And that stream is called the river of life. I just want to read the passage to close. First Corinthians 2. Does that bless you guys? Does that encourage you? First Corinthians 2. Paul is talking about, you know, when I went to be with you, I didn't come with words of wisdom. I came in the power of God. And verse 12 says, and, and then it has a whole, that whole passage, you know, no, no, Nothing like has come to, like no eye has seen, or ear has heard, heart has the man of imagined, conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But then he answers that saying, but we have the spirit in us. So that means that we have access. It's not saying that there is nothing being revealed. We have access. But then he says, Verse 11, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of a person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God, the one who abides in us. Who takes all things that are his and gives to us. Okay, scriptures. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God we have not received the spirit that makes us fear again Romans 8 of slavery but we've received the spirit that brings us into acceptance the spirit of adoption by whom we call Abba so I want to encourage you today you're going to go home tomorrow you're going to go to work some of you are going to go to university. Some of you are going to go into hard situations going through in your family, in your own heart, the things that only you know you deal with. You're going to go into situations that people are falling apart around you. And I want to encourage you, look to Him. And let His radiance flow through you. Because Scripture says that wherever that river of life flows, comes to life and that's we all that's that's us right now walking in the same stream as him because we have the preparation of the gospel of shalom let's just bow our heads father we thank